0: Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today we are live in the studio and it's so great to be here on a beautiful sunny afternoon. Matter of fact, uh, I had a chance to take a late lunch and ran across the street to Chick-fil-A. I was hoping i get back before the live uh, time to go on the air and grab one of those uh, Cool wraps. Have you had a cool wrap with the avocado ranch dressing? My goodness, that thing's pretty nice. And no, I didn't have any fries. I'm trying to watch some of the carbs, but that was a great lunch. And back over here to the office. It's nice to be able to bring you a live program. Last week we were at Nashville for the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and that was just great. And I brought you actually one of the first interviews. I did eight total half-hour Mid-South Viewpoint programs while we were there at the convention last week. Brought that first one yesterday, movie director John Irwin with Irwin Brothers Family Movies. John and his brother Andy have made October Baby Movie, Mom's Day Out, also the documentary on the life of Steve McQueen, which was part of Greg Laurie's really evangelistic tool that the ministry kind of came together and used the Irwin Brothers production, which they do incredible work. And now this new movie coming out, March 16th, I can only imagine, based on the life of Bart Miller, who is the lead singer for Mercy Me. If you had a chance to listen to the show yesterday, we actually, of course, recorded the show last week in Nashville with John, who directed the movie with his brother and all the team that came together. You know, it's just really uh, neat to see the story that's going to unfold on the screen. And you can watch the trailer, but go see the movie, March 16th, when it comes out. It's an incredible story about Bart and the relationship with his dad that was really, really bad. But God did some miracle in that relationship and made it really, really good. And based on that, that's how Bart wrote the song, I Can Only Imagine, because it's about seeing his dad again. His dad passed away of cancer and I'm not going to give away much more of that story because you need to go to the screen and see it. And if you missed the interview yesterday with John Irwin, go to iTunes podcast, and you can listen to that one. Also, recently, was it Tuesday, we had a chance, Tim Simpson, News Channel 3 weatherman, does a great job here in our community, keeping us alert on all the weather conditions. His wife, Leah, has written her first book, Nurturing My Nest, and so that interview is also on iTunes podcast, and these shows are kept there. In case you want to go back or have a friend listen, be sure and subscribe to my podcast channel if you would. And please listen on iTunes to that under Mid-South Viewpoint or Byron Tyler Radio. It's a pleasure to have you part of that. Well, today I had a, a lot to choose from. In the way of putting a radio show together this afternoon, like I mentioned, I have several programs that were recorded there at the NRB convention that I want to bring over the next few weeks. But I came across a name. I was looking at a, a social media post, and the name Rick Carr was there. And I was thinking, what is Rick Carr doing now? When I, I remember last time I talked to Rick Carr, he was the director of GIF and that's Juvenile Intervention Faith-Based Follow-Up. I think I've got that right. Rick and I had some great times in the studio talking about JIF and the great work they're doing to help juveniles to get some purpose in their life, get some skills in their life, and get on mission for God, and it's an incredible work. Rick's just a great guy. I just missed when he moved. He felt God leading him to resign. His family moved to Georgia, and I thought I wouldn't see Rick again until we got to heaven. But lo and behold... God brought Rick back here. He's got a new position, and I called him up just kind of Sort of last minute. Isn't that right, Rick? That is correct. <laughs> and here you are. I,
1: I am here. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Man, I am so excited. And your new position is Memphis Area Director for Best Buddies. Best Buddies International. That's correct. Best Buddies International, of course, a nonprofit organization dedicated to establishing a global volunteer movement that creates opportunities for one-to-one friendships, integrated employment, and leadership development for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And I love it. Anytime I can get anybody that's ministering to, working with special needs. Rick, I grew up in a single-parent home, but I remember there was a lady, Miss Donna, was my neighbor. She had two severely handicapped, mentally handicapped children that also were physically handicapped, too. And I remember she also took in special needs foster children. And so I grew up in an environment, even going on fishing trips and different outings with their family. It was so enriching to be connected with special needs, you know, and just to see God show up. And so I know this is a great opportunity for you in this new position. So
1: you're the Memphis Area Director? I'm the Area Director, uh, following the footsteps of Melissa Todd, who started the program uh, she helped uh, get the program launched here. Uh, Best Buddies International is a is a worldwide organization. There are 50 countries and all over the United States. Um, started in 1993 by Anthony Shriver. Now, that name might sound familiar to you because he's part of the, the Kennedy clan. I
0: was wondering that. I saw right. it on, online if he was part of the, the – That is correct. Okay.
1: His mother, Mrs. Shriver, started Special Olympics. But when Anthony was in Georgetown in uh, college in 1993, he's like, you know, they need more than just more than just the athletics. They need friendship. They yeah. need inclusion. And uh, back in 1993, that's when he launched Best Buddies, so that he could create a, a a global movement of volunteers who would just create opportunities for individuals, young and old, who f- function in life with an IDD, which is 200 million people. Um, and give them the opportunity for some genuine friendships, you, you know. So uh, we have some neat pillars of of how we implement this, but and we can talk about those things. But genuine friendships, integrated employment, not employment down in the basement building pallets. Not that there's anything wrong with it. No, not at all. But integrated employment, and then leadership development, so that they can become spokesmen and women for themselves.
0: You know, I think that's so important. And, and really, a, a sense of, of dignity. Every human being that God created should be purposed with a sense of dignity, that's a exactly. sense of value, because God placed the value. He created us, you that, know?
1: That, that, that's where the self-worth it, comes it, from. Totally.
0: And yeah. so, you know, we need to respect that. Before we get into more details, I want to kind of stop a, a minute. As I mentioned that you were formerly director of GIF. And then you left the position, went to Georgia, and there's something that happened to you while you
1: were in Georgia, and I think it's worth talking about. Tell me about that experience. You know, um, we launched JIF, you know, my wife and I moved to Memphis in 2000, and we launched JIF as its own entity in 2003 to serve juvenile offenders. And I served there as the executive director for 14 years, Um, but about Six months before I resigned, God was stirring me, and I was feeling a release from that work. I didn't know exactly what was next, but I was sensing it was time to turn the work over to the next uh, leadership level. And uh, Richard Graham, who was on my board for six years, took over that position, and they're doing great. I I love to see what they're doing. But my wife and I were going to move closer to my folks in Blue Ridge, Georgia, who were, were aged. And we're, I had lost my two older brothers a few years before that, so the, the 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 baton fell to me, and the honor fell to me to care for my parents. So we sold our home in Countrywood, and we we had this plan, you know. Uh, we make plans, you know, and we moved over to Blue Ridge, which is beautiful if you've ever been there. And um,
0: and also before we continue on, A. W. Tozer, which has written some incredible material, sure. and a lot of people quote Tozer. And have been inspired and motivated to live closer, you know, to God and walk with Christ based on his writings. But the denomination you were
1: affiliated with, he that, was part of that. That's correct. I w- yeah, I was ordained and pastored for 10 years with the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And that's the the same group that uh, A.W. Tozer's functioned as pastor for years. And Robbie Zacharias actually holds his licensing through the, the Christian Missionary Alliance. So great denomination worldwide. It's really a missionary movement worldwide. Um, but So, yeah, I, I've come. those are my roots. When I go into a city, I look at it with missionary eyes. That's just the way I grew up. You know, you look around you and you see, you try to figure out what the Holy Spirit is doing, what wh- where the work is, and you and be, camp out. Be sensitive, sensitive yeah. to his leading, and yeah. you, you say, yes, God, and you yeah. go to work. You know, I mean, isn't that where mission comes from? Mission is driven not around a board table, what do you think we should do? Mission is driven because... You got your hands on your on the work. You're seeing the need. You're seeing the sheep without the shepherd. You're seeing the need for, and you're putting your hand on the work and getting dirty. And out of that comes mission. Out of that comes purpose and service. And that's where Jeff arrived out of. Yeah. But I went to uh, Blue Ridge and got closer to my folks, and was painting. That's our blue-collar tent making (laughs) skill. The family is all painted painters and wallpaper and that kind of thing. i got to say something
0: right here, if you don't (laughs) mind. You know, uh, for some reason, I have an incredible – and I didn't make this happen, but I have an incredible allergic reaction to paint. And I get definitely sick. I mean, really, really sick. And so anytime we have to paint something in our house, I have to leave the house. I
1: I can't paint. So I'm excused from painting. Wow, that's that's a pretty good excuse. I'm going to have to see if I can get can get diagnosed like that myself. <laughs> but I was uh, actually staining. I had just moved, been there about three months, working with my father in the summer of 2014. I was up on a metal roof with oil-based stain, staining the back of a chimney. I was working by myself and uh, that day, and the stain spilt while I was on the metal roof. And it was oil-based stain. It was... Uh, Byron, it was the fastest slip and slide I ever rode in my oh, wow. life, um, and I came off a roof a little over 20 feet high, and I got busted up pretty badly. I mean, did you and remember falling off the roof? Yes. So this was like and your life in slow motion. Then. Yeah, yeah. you could say that. Me and God were having a conversation on the way down, I guarantee you that, and he was with me the whole way. Now, you know, I normally didn't paint with my cell phone because, you know, you keep it in your pocket, sure. and it dials people while you're working. Yeah. But I had taken it up purposely on the top of the roof to video the back of the chimney to, to show the owner what his chimney was looking like because the the weather was really beating up on it, and I had it in my pocket and I was broken up. I shattered my ankle, snapped, uh, fractured my heels, snapped my femur, broke my wrists and two oh. lower vertebrae in my back, and I was up against a tree and it was you know it was a very uh, scary place to be. But God had given me the foresight to take my phone that day, um, or I probably would have died there. And he also had arranged it that my wife was working and serving as the executive assistant to the CEO of the hospital in town. Your wife's a nurse? Well, she's not a nurse. She's an executive assistant. Oh, okay. And so I called her, and I said, baby, this is your husband. She said, I know who you are. (laughs) I told her I had fallen off the roof. And they immediately uh, put things in motion and uh, sent an ambulance out. They had a helicopter waiting at the local Yeah, you were air I was air-vacked out to uh, Erlanger in Chattanooga. But the funny thing is, one of the beautiful things, because just to show you God's hand was in, in the whole process, that one of my friends from school, when I went to Toccoa Falls Bible College, he happened to be a paramedic in Blue Ridge. and. He wasn't working that day, but I had mentioned, you know, his name to the other paramedics who carried me out of there. And when we stopped at the hospital, the door flung open and my friend jumped in. He had raced down there. He jumped in and started praying over me. I
0: was just thinking about a couple of things here, Rick, about first the protection of God. I've seen it over and over in my life, and I'm sure listeners right now can think about ways that God has miraculously cared for them in very tragic and difficult times. I did a phone interview earlier today, that I think it's going to air next week, with Roma Downey. She's an actress married to Mark Burnett and has a new book out. And in her book, she, of course, she's from Ireland, grew up in Ireland. And she told me a story where, you know, there was a, a time when she was probably about eight years old, Is was really when the fighting in Ireland from the North Irish, you know, the Catholic and the Protestants had been fighting at war. So she got used to taking walks to school and all of a sudden gunfire would break out or, you know, there'd be an explosion, you know, you have to go learn how to go hide and, and, you know, find cover and for protection. And there was one particular time that she was with her Aunt Ruby. She had a little red jacket on with a fur fringe and she remembers the gunfire broke out. Her Aunt Ruby grabbed her and was running, trying to find a place for protection and and as they finally made their way to their home, there was this burning smell. There was a smell, and they couldn't figure out where it was from. And as they looked into the little red jacket and the fringe of the fur, it was kind of smoldering a little bit. And a bullet had gone through that and nearly missed her head. Wow. So there's just, again, you, you, I mean, they're seeing the protection and the power of God. And I was also thinking about your mom and dad. You said that they've already lost two other
1: children. right? I can't imagine what was going on in their minds. Right, but the journey didn't end there. You know, it took me it took me a, about a year to where I could walk again. So, so you had to learn to walk over. <clears throat> I had a lot of rehab. I thank God for rehab professionals um, and the work that they do every day and how patient they are. Um, but I spent several months in a wheelchair you know so i have a whole different perspective when i start looking at the intellectual developmentally disabled population because i got a little bit of a taste of what it's like to be marginalized when you're incapacitated in some form or fashion but um, as i was healing two months into my fall my father died of a massive heart attack and all of a sudden, the care of my 81-year-old mother fell to me, and I could barely care for myself. And w- one of my friends, the one I told you about who prayed over me, said, Rick, you know, if I were you, I would take the time to write a prayer journal. Now, I'm an avid reader, okay, but, uh, and I like to write too, but I'm not so much of a journaler. But I took his advice, and I started uh, journaling God's intervention in my healing process and that whole journey that I can now look back on and read with deep appreciation for just the breath of life to begin with. Yeah. And then how he carried us through that whole situation. Can you give us some examples? And has brought us back. Yeah. Can you give us some examples how he did that? Well, the, the healing process itself was greatly difficult. I didn't know if I was going to walk again, you know, because I had been so badly broken up. And so, starting with the the rehab and the daily six o'clock they wanted me there at six o'clock and that's where we began the rehab every day and uh just getting up at six o'clock was part of a miracle for me and then uh seeing god bring that healing and bring that strength from day to day and and getting to where i moved from a a wheelchair to a walker and then to a cane now i was styling the cane okay i'm sure you were and (laughs) then and then to where i could walk without it you know one of the greatest provisions that I had the whole way was my own personal nurse, my wife, um, 38 years of loving this woman, and this woman just giving of herself that whole time to bring me back. The the people that God surrounded me, we, we had just been in a church just briefly there. We had just been a short time, uh, a part of a Calvary chapel that was right there, and they, they came over and started loving on us and bringing food and just— the whole healing process was just miraculous. Oh, and I'm having difficulty talking about it right now.
0: That's okay, brother. I I'm, I'm I thank you for sharing, you know, because, uh, again, demonstration of God's provision, God's faithfulness, God's tender care in moments that you know we feel like did you think at any point that god gave up on you or he wasn't there or did
1: you get moments of discouragement oh absolutely you know i, I w- the valley was a whole lot deeper than i ever thought it would be and it lasted longer than i ever thought it would because i didn't really regain gainful employment until just a couple of months ago and you know so i really searched on you know God, what what, what's going on here? And I surrounded myself with friends like East Stanley Jones and Christ and Human Suffering, and you know Robbie Zacharias and others, reading, talking with you know some of my friends and seeking counsel. But it was um, it's been an amazing test. Am I going to trust God to lead me out of the swamp, you know, or am I just going to get comfortable here and give up? You know, Rick, you talked a moment ago about hearing
0: the voice of the Holy Spirit, following what the Holy Spirit was doing, because you want to be intentional. You want to engage the work of God, but you want to do it where he's at, you know, where he's involved. You really sensed his leadership leading you to resign Jeff' position, go to Georgia. I mean, you didn't sign up to fall off the roof at all and to go through all that. He carried you through every bit of that pain and was there for you and all the people that came along and ministered to you. And then it's like he took you there to break you. Literally, you were broken. Your body was broken to restore you, to give you, like you said, a, an understanding, a compassion for people that have special needs. And now he brings you
1: here. So you moved back to Memphis. Why did you come back to Memphis? For this position? No, I came back to Memphis because we had a daughter, you know, we had some children here who are grown, and my daughter was about to have her first child. So we circled back around, and my son had a a place for us that we could stay um, at his house. So we were staying at his house and um, seeking God's face for what's next. Lord, this, you know, we exhausted – all our savings because I wasn't working. My wife was continuing to work, but we had, you know, debt we were trying to pay off. And my daughter had her baby, and we started enjoying that new baby. So you're grandpa and, now. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> a grandpa. That's awesome. And, uh, but my wife ended up getting picked up by St. Jude with a very nice job. Um, and uh, I, so I started saying, okay, Lord, well, show me where you want me to plug in. And that has been the journey for me I, it, I believe it or not, I pulled a painting license and some insurance and started doing some a little painting and pressure cleaning on the side until because i didn't having done JIF, and that was such a fulfilling ministry um and I was so known by you know Rick at JIF. matter of fact, Mayor Wharton used to call me jeff he he <laughs> jeff Rick he couldn't he, but he was great but um so I didn't just want to just plug in anywhere. You know, I needed something that that resonated with where my heart beats for trying to level the playing field for the marginalized population because the need is so great. You know, I mean, Matthew 9 has been – 9 and 10 have just been so strong for me over the years. You know, you get this picture of Jesus. He's walking from city to city, town to town, if you will, and he's healing. He's delivering. He's breathing in life to people and he comes around the corner as it were and he he's moved with compassion why because he sees the crowd and he's like they're like sheep without a shepherd they have no real true leadership somebody needs to lead them out of here let's pray to the father that more people hit this field and bring that leadership and so that's what's always motivated me to come out there and then in, and he says amen and in chapter 10 he sends he says okay you guys you're going and he says and here's what I want you to do I want you to do just what you saw me doing heal and deliver you know bind up their wounds right without judgment you know not how did you get this wound how did you get into this situation but but love on them heal them and preach the kingdom of God you don't do one without the other if you're just out there healing up and binding that's a real nice thing but you can leave people lost in eternity yeah and if you're out there just hitting them with the Bible and ignoring their needs, well, then you got to ask, is that really the same word? Are you, are you practicing the same word you're reading? Because Jesus put his hand to the knee. He touched the knee, didn't he? Touched he touched the knee. He did. Even those lepers
0: that came in, you know? That's right. He reached out. He wasn't afraid to touch them. Well, okay, so now you uh, have this new position here with Best Buddies, which is a great, great organization. We have featured uh, the Buddy Prompt. Oh, uh-huh, yes. The Best Buddy Prime. Chris Thomas, uh, one of our, our local celebrities in the way of political world and other things, he's really given a lot of his time and service. He's yep. helped serve Best Buddies for many years, and we've had him on you know, talking about the prom. And the
1: prom just finished up. We did. We were at the uh, Germantown Great Hall. We had 600 people there. This was fantastic. You have the, the real beauty about Best Buddies is you match a buddy, someone who has intellectual or developmental disability, with, with a peer so it 's the the end goal of best buddies in one word is inclusion. Everyone should be included you know not you 're different. you stay out so you can 't have a job here or you can 't be in our club no it 's all about teaching inclusion we 're in thirty one schools in the community recently got a grant to open up ten to fifteen schools in North Mississippi, which we 're working on doing um, the The assisi Foundation got behind us in a big way with a strong grant so that we could um, match up with serves, which is another great organization here in town, in order to create what's called Citizen Buddies. And that's for adults to match an, an adult with an IDD with an individual who who doesn't have one as a friend. And I just got my own buddy. Okay, so tell me about this. When you say the buddy, you're actually talking about spending time
0: with an individual. That's right. This yeah. is one-on-one.
1: It's one-on-one friendships in, in all the schools we have that I mentioned, we have um, it's a club, and it's you have to have a, a an adult, spo- a couple of adult sponsors, someone administrative, and someone as part of the special ed program. They have to sponsor the club, and then the in the high schools, the club have presidents and vice presidents and secretaries, just like a regular club. But it's for specifically for these friendships to create friendships to teach from elementary on up. How to accept one another as human beings created in the image of God, and um, get, they go out and you know you, what are you going to do with your buddies? Well, we're going to go out and have a hamburger. Well, take take your buddy with you. So now she gets to go have a hamburger too, instead of sitting at home while everybody else goes out and gets a hamburger.
0: So again, you're, you're instilling in that dignity, the value, you know, providing uh, help provide extra confidence too. That's right. That they can build these relationships. Okay, now, so anybody listening right now, if they wanted to learn more about this particular part of the uh, Best Buddies, to volunteer, to be a Best Buddy, what should they do? The simplest thing is to go to bestbuddies.org. I want that video that you showed me right before we went on the air. It's a two-minute little clip of the prom. That's correct. we would love for our listeners to
1: go to that. How can they find that link? Because that is incredible. Okay, I haven't uh, – I just got that from Annette Dean from Dean Film and Video. They did that for us for free. Okay. Well, well, it wasn't free, I guarantee you, but they did the work for free, and they had um, Ray. I'm trying to remember Ray, Ray's last name. Forgive me, Ray. Uh, Ray, who came out and shot it and just did a super job. But I'm going to load it up on um, my Facebook page, okay? and and then we're going to load it up on the Best Buddies Tennessee Facebook page. And
0: I could share it on my Facebook page, too. Yes. You know, okay. another way you could go to my face, Byron Tyler, on Facebook, and we can share that, too. Or Rick Carr. Look up a Rick Carr. Ray Ray Bobo shot it. Okay, but I, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I was going to say what's what's coming up next. Yeah, we want to definitely want to talk about this before we have to leave today. So go ahead. What's coming up next is the Best Buddies Friendship Walk. This this happens all around the nation. Okay, and it's a day where you come out and you you walk for inclusion. It's you walk to create awareness that the IDD population. Th- They need to be included in society, you know, not marginalized by society. So we're not just creating friendships one-on-one. We're trying to change the consciousness of the community so that when you see someone who's a little different from you, you don't turn away from them. You know, you include them. And the walk does just that. We'll be out at Shelby Farms. It's April 22nd. Now, that's a Sunday, but it's after church. And really what it is, it's not like doing a 5K. I think the trail's just a mile long. But It's a festival. Of celebration that starts with a walk with the buddies. So you have the buddies out there, you have the peers, you have corporations, you have all the schools will do teams and they'll raise money. This is our main fundraiser. They will raise money, the schools will raise money and the, if a corporate team comes out, they will raise money. If a family comes out, you know, they will do a family team. You call your team what you want and everybody raises money and walks for inclusion. There's, face painting there's petting zoo there's music there's it's just a fun day of celebration and we feed everybody uh when they come out and so if you look at um best buddies slash memphis that's just best buddies slash memphis you will have not only all the information you need You will have information if you want to be a team captain at your workplace or as a family. If you want to walk by yourself, we can put you on another team. Um, And you will also be able to see a little two-minute video there about the walk itself uh, with Anthony Shriver in it and some of the buddies. And you'll get a feel for why this mission is important. This has been great. Rick Carr, thank you so much for coming by on a short
0: notice with all this great information about Best Buddies International. I'm so glad you're connected with this
1: group. The journey, how you got there is incredible. Oh yeah. Well I'm back in Memphis. Well I'm okay. just glad you're back in town. And um and it's you know it's great to be back. This is you know, there's a number of things we're gonna be getting involved in around here. Um but this is right at the top of the list of of, of importance. Well, listen, you're always welcome. Look forward to some future programs
0: with Best Buddies locally. Even bring some of the Best Buddies in. You know, we can share some stories. Absolutely. We definitely want to do that too in the future, so don't forget that. Again, friend, go to that website, which is, again, Best Buddies Friendship Walk. Walk. walk for slash, org org slash.
1: Slash Memphis. Memphis.
0: Okay. Go and check out that video too on social media from the Best Buddies prom that just happened at the Great Hall. It is so fun to watch. Hey, Rick, thank you so much. Again, thank you for what you're doing for Christ's kingdom to work with Best Buddies, all the great things you're doing. We appreciate you.
1: God bless you, my well, friend. Well, thank you. You know, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Lauren Choates. You know the Chotes yeah. family. They're they're such strong supporters of what we're doing. Lauren's been running point on the Friendship Walk, and people like Zach Thomas at Cell 901 and, and Wendy Thompson at the Lending Team. These people... They, they love what we're doing and they're getting behind us. So I just appreciate them, give them a shout out.
0: Let our family serve your family, Schultz. Okay, you go. all right. Hey, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.